0: Westworld Theorycast is brought to you by our presenting sponsor, CuffLinks.com. Go to CuffLinks.com right now and use code DVR20 to save 20% off your order, no minimum. CuffLinks.com is the men's accessory marketplace. They aim to drive men to one place where they can find all the accessories they could want to elevate their look each and every day. Now, We all know that Cufflinks.com has Game of Thrones, Star Wars, Star Trek, Mandalorian, Disney, every amazing geeky thing. They have products that match your desires, as well as having the classic wearable art brands like Ox and Bull, Hook and Albert, and of course, Cufflinks' own brand, Cufflinks, baby. So head over to Cufflinks.com today. We wish you and your family well. Have a great day. Enjoy the show. Welcome back to the Westworld Theory Cast. Today we're going to be talking about Westworld Season 3, Episode 1, Parse Domine, which is actually a Roman Catholic chant meaning, Spare, Lord, spare your people, be not angry with us forever. This episode was directed by Jonah Nolan and written by Lisa Joy and Jonah Nolan. Wow, it has been a while, two years, <laughs> a while. My name, of course, is Axel and my co-host today and every Monday. I'm so excited. We've already been chatting it up. It's Ken. How are you, Ken?
1: I am so good. And for all you Latin scholars out there, if we um, didn't get the title of that episode right, sorry, but uh, it's been a long time since I was in Latin class, probably like second grade or something. Um, I'm glad to be here. I'm glad to be talking to you. I'm glad to be talking about Westworld. Um, I can't believe it's been such a long time since we got new episodes, but I'm rolling up my sleeves and upgrading my AI and I'm ready to talk about this.
0: Yeah, this is exciting. So, Now, Westworld Theorycast, we've been around for, uh, what, I guess now it's four years or so since the very beginning of Westworld, and Heath and I started this show, then Tim and I were doing it, Brett came on board, Justin's been a big part of it, but this season we've got like seven people podcasting, so I'm going to break it down for you. Ken and I are going to be coming to you every Monday. We record Monday morning, I'll release it in the afternoon. On Wednesday, Jenny and Brett are going to join me, and we're going to chat a little deeper dive, more rewatches in, and we're going to also have the advantage of Jenny's notes. And those of you who listen to Big Little Lies, that's Jenny from Big Little Lies. Now, on Friday, we got the cleanup techs, okay? We got Tim is back, Gina is back who is podcasting with us on podcast Winterfell, as well as she podcasted on Handmaid's Tale. And Andy, who if you've uh, been listening to this network, you've heard him do a bunch of different shows, and he's also been on podcast Winterfell. So Gina, Tim, and Andy on Friday, three shows a week. Also, I'm going to be doing some initial reactions with Justin and Hacks Dogma and In Deep Geek. That's Robert as well. Hopefully, little pre-shows on Sunday. So basically, you have a lot to choose from. I'm going to put the people in the title and you listen to all of us. Or maybe you have some favorites. Who knows? I know my favorite. It's Ken. We've never even really talked about Westworld before, Ken. We did Veronica Mars Yeah, And we've done podcast Winterfell, Game of Thrones. But I don't even know how you feel about this show, except that I know you love it.
1: I do love it. In fact, it's quickly after – because I just – I know you just did a rewatch. I just did a rewatch binge where I rewatched seasons one and two sort of back to back over the last three or four days. And I don't know. It's quickly becoming – can I say top five? It may be in my top five of all time at this point. Um, and based on the strength of last night's premiere and kind of the totally new direction that the show is going in, in some ways, it really has rocketed to the top. Um, I don't quite—I don't quite know if it's in my top five, but it's close. If it's not, um, I love the show. Uh, hard science fiction is really one of my wheelhouses, and Lost dabbled in hard science fiction. Of course, you had the twilight zone back in the sixties, late fifties with, with some classic hard science fiction episodes. Um, but this is just a plethora of hard science fiction. <laughs> it just, it, it sweats it out of its pores. It's just like raining hard science fiction and rewatching some of the episodes, some of which I hadn't seen in years, um, it just reminded me how dense the episodes are, the writing, how many things are all happening at the same time, how many ha- um, timelines are going on. And just like the implications of what the characters sit around and talk about humanity, identity, um, free will versus um, um destiny? Are you locked in? Are you a puppet? Um, Can you really change your life? Like these are really big questions that they're asking by telling the story of these androids at a theme park. Um, And it's great.
0: Yeah. Wow. I love it. I mean, I agree with everything you said and yeah, I would say that the expanse and Westworld are the on right now and both probably the two best hard sci-fi shows that ever were because sci-fi has a lot of times been taken in either a fantastical way or a more light actiony comedic way you know like buck rogers and stuff yeah. like that so the they t- these shows take it really seriously this is just the world that people live in and um, I should remind everyone, we're part of the DVR Podcast Network. Check us out, dvrpodcast.com. We're doing Better Call Saul. There I did the shill. But continuing with Westworld, what, you talked a little bit about the change here, and there definitely is a change. And on the off-season, um, I did a couple shows with Justin and Hacks, and we went over some trailers, and we talked a little bit about – the The rumors that were out there that they were going to kind of take the puzzle element out of the narrative, even though they were going to maintain the mythology that nothing was going to change everything we saw in season one and two happened, but it's just the tone and the way they tell the story was going to become a little cleaner. And from the first episode, we see that, right? Like, I don't think that, anyone is theorizing that Bernard is actually 20 years in the future, right? Right. And Aaron Paul is in 1984 or something like, no, that these things are happening happening concurrently. They also go to more lengths to say things like the date or how long it's been since events occurred. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, it's been three months. We know that now. They say yeah. it in like almost each one of the three kind of places we're at. They mention that or we see a newspaper article. So yeah. they're giving the audience more of a leash and guiding us and and adding a little bit more of the action set pieces. I mean, the opening with Dolores is almost it's almost like 13 minutes long. That yeah. was pretty long. Yes. You know, and that was basically a big action set piece. Yeah, And um, I think that – I like it. I I, I mean, I loved season one and two where, you know, the whole – I mean, season two was so complicated and having just rewatched it, I understand it so much better. But I enjoyed this more streamlined. Yeah, it's definitely more linear
1: for sure. And you're right about the timeline. So I would think that the sequence with Jerry – Guy, the guy, de- the now dead guy in the pool, I th- I would think that happened soon after the events on I agree the island. With you. Yeah, I think because it's a, he because yeah. because he was reading the headline and he was reacting to it as if it had just happened. Good and point. He was yep. still scrambling about his stock, you know, um, losses. And then, of course, after that sequence, then you're right. You do get the timestamp, um, particularly at the board meeting that it has been three months since the events of the end
0: of season two. This is Ken. This is why I love pocket. Look, we're just, we had never talked about Westworld before. <laughs> we're already in it, baby. It's happening. We Westworld and- is here. You picked up. I didn't, I was like, that's Brooke. Cause it makes so much sense too. Right. They're just trying right. to tell us, Hey, this is how Dolores set herself up in the world.
1: Yes. Now, obviously she had time to, make herself her original body. But I don't think that machine, I don't think it takes that machine a long time to make a host body. Uh, and the one that Arnold left them. Yeah. So, um so obviously, but see, it raises all sorts of questions. Like, did she clone? I don't know if she can clone her consciousness. Like, so if she's back in her body, then who was in Charlotte's body at that board is, meeting?
0: <laughs> yeah, see, Ken, that is something that I can say on earlier episodes of this show, we had theorized that we might get to a point where a host has multiple bodies, but a singular right. consciousness. Yes, And that's one of the things, that was one of my last questions and we're already to it, which is... Who's Charlotte? Who is Martin or the Tommy Flanagan, yeah. who we know from Sons of Anarchy? I love that dude. Um, right. Who are these people? Right. Are,
1: is, are they all Dolores? Yeah. Like, is it all Dolores? Or is it some of the four – is it the four other um, uh, consciousnesses that she took out of the park with yeah, her? And who are those four people? Like, yeah, I mean, obviously, one of them was Bernard because we saw him and she remade him. So obviously, one of the little um, uh, modules was Bernard that she looked in her purse at the end of season two. Yeah, the, there were five balls in there. Right. So, so there are five balls. So then, if one of them was Bernard, then four are question marks. Um, th- there's a lot of theories out there that one of them was her father, Peter Abernathy. Um, seems a little sentimental for Dolores at this point mm, yeah um, and also his
0: was tra- his consciousness was in the control unit or that ball yeah. that w- was the was the key to open the forge so yes. i don't think that she brought Maybe she brought that with her. She didn't need it anymore because she de- the forge was destroyed and the data was sent up to the satellite, right? And hidden away yeah. somewhere. So now we saw her inject Teddy into the
1: the land beyond, but right. But did she make a copy of it? Uh-huh. Like, it, like, yep. like, it, like, it's Teddy one of the four modules? I want him wow. to
0: be, right? Because you want – I like that idea, Ken, because it provides a connection to yeah. what has happened before on the show. And the way that he killed himself because of the way she turned him into – like injected Wyatt into him and changed yeah. him was really heartbreaking. And I think that it would be good to have some sort of conclusion to that. But I love your first idea, which is that she has the capability to have multiple consciousnesses. But then it begs the question is, how far away can they communicate with each other? You know what I mean? Like things like that, because there was the whisper net that existed within the park. That's how Clementine was able to poison everyone's mind through the virus, which they came up with because Maeve took control of that and used it against the ninjas. And right. So, wow, we're getting into, oh man, I'm talking Westworld. I'm getting, I'm so excited. (laughs) All right, let's talk a little bit. Let's, let's kind of, let's, let's, let's bring it back. Okay. And do we both agree that, we like i didn't I didn't feel like this show was any dumber at all. I felt like it was no. still very smart. You had to pay attention to what was happening um but it just didn't have the crazy where things happening, so basically, I love this episode. I love the episode too tonally
1: tonally, it was also different. It was quieter um a lot of the stuff with Caleb particularly was like. Character study, like independent movie character study yes. stuff. Yep. Um so like it could have been a Sundance movie of like a guy <laughs> facing hard luck in his life. Um and uh and Aaron Paul is a welcome addition to Wells to the Westworld family. Um I thought I was gonna be distracted by Breaking Bad, by his Breaking Bad past. But I wasn't like I after a first few the first few minutes, I totally bought him as this down on his luck guy who's just trying to make it work. Um, he has a sick mom. He has a job that he doesn't particularly love. Um, he's doing illegal illicit stuff on the side just to make extra money. Um, but I totally bought him as this kind of hang dog guy who. It's kind of struggling both literally and emotionally. Yeah. Um. And um. He seems a little tortured and damaged. Just so he'll fit right in to Westworld, right? <laughs>
0: <So>. <laughs> That's you know he is really empathetic yeah. and likable. I really I was surprised. I was so used to Westworld introducing us to characters, and then a scene later. You know, they're raping a woman or killing someone or – do you know what I mean? Like just yeah. – this is a violent show, these violent delights, you know? Yeah. It's like, look what happened to William, the man in black. Look – I mean, come on, right? Yeah. Um, and and as we're introduced to Aaron Paul, I wonder if we're seeing a mirror there that this guy we see who who – yeah, he does these jobs – but he does them because he's ex-military. He doesn't yeah. do them because he's a bad guy, right? He does right. them because he's a man who can do a job like that. And he's been trained to do jobs like that. But he still takes care of his mom. He's yeah. trying to work through the pain and loss that he has, of, especially his best friend, yeah, uh, his army buddy. And let me ask. How soon did it occur to you that he was talking to a computer program that that's what was calling him on the phone?
1: Not until the very end, which I thought was a great payoff for me emotionally. And then it sort of capped – and it made me – see, it did the thing that – that. Westworld is really good at, which there's often a scene near the end of an episode or near the end of a season that makes you want to go back and watch the entire season again or the entire episode again. And this was, that was one of those moments for me for because when I realized it, it made me want to go back and rewatch the episode again, right then and there,
0: which is great. Yeah, that's great. I wish that it had um, kind of fooled me, but I think by the third time or even second time that they, he called him, and even in the initial call, I, I got this feeling that, this guy or maybe they did they were doing those little flashbacks to wherever they yeah. were some of the it was mix of flashbacks some of them they were in army fatigues and it look and then others you could tell it was the actual robbery that went wrong and ended in what's his name kid Cuddy is the actor's yeah. name um Is it Francis? Uh, yeah, France exact, Francis. Yeah. that yeah. ended up for, with Francis dead they cut Well back there was and, Go ahead.
1: There was one flashback when they were in military fatigues where I saw a Russian sign in the background. okay. So obviously there was some sort of military thing that they were doing maybe in Russia, um,
0: which is interesting. Um, Yeah, because we don't know about what – now, there has been stuff released online, some little videos – and a kind of almost like an ARG, like an alternate reality game that's taking place online. I think they're releasing information about Insight and all that, and it may give some clues to. Um, I think Justin and I talked about this to that there was some sort of fight with the Russians or some sort of Russian neo-Russian revolution that happens. So there's a whole different history of the world we're contending with. And, I mean, that's the outside world that we didn't see for two years of Westworld. We're now learning all about it.
1: Yeah. And the other great thing about the Caleb character is that through him, in a kind of a meta point of view, we got introduced to the world. Um, we got to see him at work, working with an AI. We got to see him using the app, uh, kind of like the the crime Uber <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> to like pick – to like a la carte. And
0: fixing. it's called RICO. And if you know, called- the RICO laws are where – that's what they use against like Tony Soprano and the mafia. Like yeah. anything you make from your bad intentions, the government can take. Anything from illegal activity, that's the RICO rule.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So it's a great name for the app yeah, considering like that. Oh, go ahead. Oh, um, so I I was just gonna finish up by saying that through the Caleb character, we actually got to see a lot of um I guess he's in Los Angeles, right? Yeah. So we got to see like a lot of what thirty years or thirty odd years in the future looks like. Um we got to see a lot of the technology, we got to see a lot of just like what the day-to-day walking around world looks like through kim
0: which was great yeah that was that is cool um oh i think i thought we were coming to the say on the rico thing which is like so if the rico rule is that the government can take from a criminal anything that they gain it's kind of interesting that the app is called rico like the criminal is taking from the world right anything oh, that the really world has stolen from them yeah, 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 yeah. Because in effect, we a lot of his journey, he's trying to get a job, he's wearing a suit, he's trying to be on the up and up, Yeah. but they don't want him. He's ex-military, right? Like maybe we're going to find out that this is like a kind of a Vietnam type situation, right? Yeah. Um, Or he's damaged or he doesn't have his implant turned on. He mentioned that. You know, everyone keeps on taking these little circular pills, which I would guess is like nanotechnology that they put on their tongues. Did you see his mom took one yeah. in the beginning? The guy takes one to go to sleep. It's almost like he chooses a program or a dream even and puts it on his tongue and yeah. then goes to sleep.
1: Yeah. Like okay. is it is it a tranquilizer? Is it a up Upgra- like like is it doing
0: something logistical? A program for you all? is it, is it inter- inter- a program? Yeah, right that's interacting and- with with whatever implant that he has.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's what I was just about to say. And is it connected to the implant? Like, so does it act with the implant?
0: It, it's really interesting. Well, yeah, and how long is it just to keep the the mind flowing? That Dolores comes up with the idea if everyone has these implants. Can yeah. she take over the implants inside of people or can Maeve take over? You know what I mean? Like it's interesting if Maeve had been the one that had escaped, which was actually Ford's original plan. Right. Let's not forget. Yes. Maeve was the one who was supposed to, in season two, he says, I had a plan for you, Maeve, a plan of escape. <laughs> you would go on a train, right? Yeah. But yeah, she yeah, chose yeah. to stay for her daughter. We'd yeah. be thinking, Oh, Maeve can start taking over every because in the same way Dolores grabs the handle in the house and it automatically lets her in. Yeah, Dolores seems to have a connection to this world and be able to control it in a way, but Maeve seemed to upgrade to the point where she could just do it, control everything with. Like I would imagine if Maeve was in Los Angeles, she like she wouldn't need to. Like, you know, the all the cars, all that, like the motorcycle would just come. She wouldn't even need to like communicate with it. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, so it's a different level, but I don't know. My mind starts moving around. But I, Caleb is a really sympathetic character. I was surprised by how emotional this was. Like you're saying, a little Sundance movie.
1: Yeah.
0: I had hoped that Westworld would take a turn – where if they didn't concentrate as much on the puzzle, they put more of an emphasis on character and character connections. And I'm glad that they did that because that episode last season, like the Acheta episode, is a sterling example of how they can expertly mix the emotional and the sci-fi elements in a yeah. straighter story.
1: Yeah. Agreed. You know? And, you know, you also get the character beat with Caleb that he won't do, quote-unquote, personals, which um, I believe means harming other people. Yeah, yep. Um, Which, you know, that in and of itself says something about him. It says that he has a code. Yeah, he's a good um, guy. That he's a good guy. Like, I mean, he's not unlike Teddy from seasons one and two. And, mm. and, and also, she falls into his arms at the end of the episode, the same way she fell into William's arms um, totally, in season yeah. one.
0: Yeah, That's what I wonder, Ken. Is Caleb Teddy? Is he William or is he Caleb? You know what right. I mean? Right. Are, are, what are we going to discover about him? Because there's the meta elements that we've lost basically our two male leads. Yeah. Teddy and William were the two male leads for the first two seasons. So that's the place that Aaron Paul is taking production wise. But as far as our narrative goes, how does he fit into this? He is also, they, they through his narration, which is really kind of his phone calls. We hear him talking about a yearning to connect with something, right? To find his path. And that was so much of what William and Teddy talked about as characters as well. Right. Teddy was always yeah. like someday Dolores someday <laughs>
1: <Right>. <laughs> in that grapply voice that he would try to take on <laughs> he goes, that
0: someday is today, Teddy. We
1: got to kill everybody. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. It's really interesting to see like, I mean, cause the other thing is this story is all about loops Little loops, big loops. Like, is Dolores in a loop where she's going to meet the same kind of guy all the time? Yep. Like the William, the the young William, the Teddy. Is she going to have the same effect on Caleb that she had on those two gentlemen? Um, You know, so or can you break the loop? Is that the end of the story? Is these characters learning how to get out of the loops that they're in?
0: Um, That's it's something. It's something interesting to think about it totally is and that that was so it makes me immediately hear the music doo doo do, doo doo and the train <laughs> hoo hoo right and we <laughs> right. see teddy riding in and this is the right even though she's outside of the park when we look at this ele- look at this episode there's elements of the park the little kind of robbery thing that happens is reminiscent of the whole robbery we see in show that's repeated in Shogun world at the bar. Right. It's like, it's a whole kind of set piece that happens when really it's kind of a MacGuffin. Um, Yeah. Let's talk a little bit about that because when we, when Caleb gets involved and meets Dolores, it's because of her, posing as this different person Laura Espin yeah and getting ingratiating herself with Liam Dempsey Jr who is yeah. the CEO of Insight um i guess do you want to talk uh, i guess my first question to you is because we i kind of have the rest of it figured out is we go on this elaborate thing she is found out right yeah. She's – or or it's highly suspected or Martin has been fo- tra- tracking her phone and he sees something is going on. They take her and they follow through with the information that they find on her phone. Am I correct about that? Yeah. Yep. And that is that she is having multiple deliveries happen at this one spot. One of those deliveries – is Caleb a We see another delivery guy, but then he just drops off whatever he is and he walks away. Yeah. They take this delivery to then meet up with a secondary person that she has communicated with on her phone. Is that correct? Yes. Yep. And it's at that spot where we find that that person is actually a copy of, right. of uh, Martin of Martin. But we don't see it initially. He sees it, and that's why the whole gunfight erupts, right? Yeah. Uh, At first, I thought it was actually Carl from season two, the security guy that was in there. I thought they were kind of throwing us with something weird there. But um, basically, my point is this. Did this seem like an elaborate setup to you? Because it it just didn't – it seemed like the – this was she wanted to get caught to bring them out there so she could switch out the martins cuz she already made the martin i think the
1: details happened different or here's my theory i think the details happened differently than she thought uh but i think it was always her plan obviously to exchange the martins so that she could have a mole at insight um i think she maybe my my thought is that you originally was going to do it another way, um, and then uh, and then um, and then it ended up happening the way it happened. Right. Um, but I don't discount what you just said. Did Dolores lay out digital breadcrumbs for them to follow on her phone, and then set a trap? Like I don't discount that. That's a poss- that's strong possibility. So you could be onto something. But my initial – like when I was watching the episode, the way I took it was that she had a plan and that a lot of what we saw was part of the plan, but just the internal details got a little smudgy because of what happened. Yeah.
0: See, I was – because there is a old French movie that I cannot remember the name of where there is a set-up heist – and And what they actually, what they're actually stealing is the antidote to something that it, that the uh, person involved knows the other person is going to knock them out. Yeah. You see? So that's what I thought was happening: that Dolores was getting something delivered when he keeps on injecting the drugs in her, yeah, that that actually helped her.
1: Yes, that, well, I mean, that seemed to be the case. I mean, they obviously didn't have the effect on her that they would have had, had they been pumped into a quote unquote, normal human being. Um, so, but did they have an accelerating effect on her? Like, well, I, I don't know.
0: Yeah. Taking a little break from this show to remind you again of our amazing presenting sponsor, cufflinks.com. They've been with us for over a year. and We're so proud to have them. So go out and support them. If you're a listener to any of our podcasts, take a moment right now, type in cufflinks.com slash DVR into that old web browser and you will arrive and you will be amazed happy, surprised at the amazing products that cufflinks.com has. You might think to yourself, Hey, I don't have an informal event coming up. You know, I'm not into cufflinks, but guess what? They have a lot more than that. Actually, I'm wearing a pair of star Wars socks that they sent me cufflinks.com is where it's at. Go to cufflinks.com slash DVR today. Hey everybody, I've got an exciting announcement. Our very own Heath Sentazo, a.k.a. Heath Solo, who you know is a great actor, has been writing a screenplay and is now producing his first feature film, The Star City Murders. A team of detectives are tracking down a serial killer, but his methods are like nothing law enforcement has ever seen. It's a race against time before more victims are claimed. The Star City Murders. You can be a big part of this project and become a backer. Just go to cefilms.com for all the information on the film and how to donate, or go to kickstarter.com and search the Star City Murders. And also, if you look in the show notes or at dvrpodcast.com, all the links are there for you. There are many great rewards for donating, including a tier where you get an exclusive behind the scene podcast hosted by me, Axel Foley. That's right. Let's help get Solo make this movie, all right? Go out there and donate $5, $10, whatever you can give. Let's make sure that Solo gets this done. And also, all the Patreon funds coming to DVR Podcast are going to this Kickstarter because we believe in Solo. This is going to be an awesome movie, and we want to be a part of it. So head on over to CE Films today. The star city murders, baby. Let's find the killer. Yeah. It's all very interesting. I'm not sure. I like what you said, which is that there was a plan. It didn't go right. And then that's how kind of Caleb entered, right? That he was like Ford would say the unknown, The, the surprise that, that enters into things that changes the loop in some way. Um, or I did have to say this is Westworld. Is is he part of the plan? Right. Like that's what I was just thinking. Like someone, <laughs> some some other
1: character said that. Oh, the Man in Black would have said there are no coincidences. Yeah, there are no accidents. Yep. So was 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 Caleb always going to meet Dolores? Like was that always going to happen? Was he destined
0: to meet her? And it's interesting because. Part of the thing and the whole reason why Dolores is trying to get in with this um Liam I, I keep on wanting to say Liam Gallagher, but that's not Liam Gallagher, but Liam Dempsey Jr., who's played by John Gallagher, good I like this actor, is yeah. because this company in sight created this AI thing called the Rehoboam. Is that how you pronounce uh- it? Uh, rehobum. Okay. Yeah. Rehoboam. And it's like an AI and there's a video actually, and I could I'll put it in the show notes for those of you. If you want to watch, you could just look it up on YouTube where the father, Liam Dempsey senior, who we find out has been killed now, right? S- since right. this video has been made. Am I right about that? They do say that. Yeah.
1: right? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, and this is like watching everyone. It's some sort of AI algorithm um, that human beings sign up for this program and it'll like make your life better. You know, it's like – Right. It's it's like a life
1: planner. Yeah. But like more intense. Like it charts your life for you. It tells you what thing you should do, maybe what thing you shouldn't do. I also wonder, is insight connected to the implants? Um They must be because maybe that's how Rehoboam works is through the implants. Um, Are they also connected to the little circular things that people are taking? Like how much is insight involved in people's day-to-day lives? Yeah. It's really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And what is Dolores' interest besides the obvious? What is her interest in Insight? Because even her assassination of Jerry at the beginning of the episode had something to do with Insight. Um I mean, that was one of the reasons why she killed him. She killed him for multiple reasons. Turned out he raped her um, when he was in Westworld. So there was a a personal aspect to her wanting to kill Jerry. But it really had to do with stealing his money, but also acquiring his stock of Insight. Um, And now she's schmoozing with the son of the deceased co-founder of Insight. She's replaced the security head of Insight. Um, and she now has a name, right? Serac. She has the name of the other co-founder, the programmer. Of
0: right. This is like right. it, it reminded me a little bit of the Matrix. You know, yeah. um, like who is the the virus, the programmer? She's figuring. Is this like the Ford equivalent? And Insight and and Delos were competing companies. And Delos benefited off of Ford, right? I mean, it's a company that William built based really on Ford's technology and genius. And so it seems that perhaps there was a similar Steve Jobs, Wozniak, Wozniak setup going on at Insight with Gallagher and Ciroc, right? That he's the real genius behind it. But even – I found more interestingly is the way that this invades our screen. We're given these interstitial title sequences, divergence, China, anomaly detected, Los Angeles, elevated security, scrutiny, London, as if the computer AI is, is honing in on these scenes in particular, because they're meaningful to the computer, so these are really cool. um It gives you a feeling like that Rehobom is like showing you what's happening on the screen, and I yeah. started to think, Ken, should we be paying attention to the specific scenes that follow these interstitials? And should we know that Rehoboam is watching what's happening? Because remember Martin, when she finally is about to like take him out and they're in that, I don't know, it looked like near like Central Park or something like that, though. I know. I think it was shot in Singapore. And she's like, "Um, where, where is he or how do I find him? And he says something like, well, he already knows you. It's been watching you. Or he says something along those lines, yeah. as yeah. if this thing is watching everything that's happening. So, is are we kind of tapping into the feed when we get the, those interstitials? That title sequence. Yeah, we've never gotten anything like that in Westworld before. They've been very. They've never really done like titles and stuff like that. So yeah. it's. I don't know. I'm kind of trying to figure out how it fits in with this narrative.
1: Well, except that we do we do know that uh, that delos was um, mostly interested in tracking the guests of the park and tracking them um, mentally psychologically um, and in every way they could track the guests of the park and then storing that information. this thing with Rehobom seems to especially if they're also connected to the implants that people have. It seems like the majority of people in this future have implants. So if Rehoboam is also connected to that, then this seems like a next level intrusion into people's lives. And what is insight doing with all of that information? That's one question. What is Serac? What, how is he benefiting from what insight is doing um, how is Delos a potential impediment to him? What and what are the hosts? How are they an impediment to him? Like, how are they on his radar? These are all questions. Yeah. And then the last question is, what does Dolores want to do with Rehoboam? Um, how does she intend to use it? Because obviously she's interested in it because she's already done three or four things in just the first episode
0: that would get her closer to Rehoboam. Well, it would seem that if you are a sentient AI, which Dolores basically is just contained within one person, right? Um, what could – that she would want to connect with a um I don't know how to explain like it's almost like uh that AI Dolores is a a plant and this Rehobum is more like a fungus. Oh, I see. Oh, you know that's what I good. mean? Yeah, like how fungi like they say like the largest organism in the world is actually a fungal tunnel that runs from North Carolina to New Jersey. Like, did you ever hear things like that? Like there's yeah, these yeah. huge, it's it's like a multi organism. And that's kind of what Rehobum is. Could we be going towards Dolores trying not only to control this thing, but to become it? To add her sentience, her human AI to its almost more data-driven computer task mode AI, like is yeah. she trying to give it an intelligence or a personality? You know. Um, and how is how might she use that
1: offensively
0: to either destroy the human race or subjugate the human yeah. race? Because perhaps, though, what I'm thinking is the way this episode's set up, it's so interesting that, you know, we've been inside the park for so long, and we're thinking about how they're going to fight, you know, the hosts against the techs and, you know, Ford versus um, Delos. And now it's like, is Rehoboam really what's in control of the outside world? Has Has Dolores kind of discovered – oh, she thought that she was going to become that, but actually she already has this enemy that she didn't – this other enemy she didn't even know about. So it's interesting the way she wants to – does she want to control it or does she want to kind of meld with it is my big question.
1: And then the other thing I think about – kind of a big big picture thing is it's a really interesting hard science fiction commentary on the human race to tell a story where things have happened wars disasters and now the population is relying on technology like rehoboam and it's a really interesting commentary on our present day uh relationship with technology um how much are we relying on it? How much are we letting it do things that we should be doing ourselves um so it's a really interesting kind of hard science fictiony commentary on that whole part of it too
0: yeah well okay let's 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 keep it moving a little bit here and okay. I wanted to talk about Hale. We really only oh, see yeah. one kind of scene with her where yeah. she's meeting with the board. Yeah. And this was pretty interesting. This it was quick, but it was it was a kind of an interesting meeting. We get a little bit of factoids about her, you know, someone's who died and made her CEO, you know, like that right, kind of thing. Right. Which yeah. says to me, not only okay, they're talking about either, you know, Ford or William, because he seems to be the one who's missing from this board, right? Yeah. Um uh, but also, we never – I always had the question of, how did like a 20-something-year-old woman become the chairman of the board of Daylo? Like, how did this happen? <laughs> yeah. Like, is she – I always suspected that she already had changed her body, that she was like an old lady who moved into like a younger body. So, I just – I think that there's more to hail than – we know now we know of course she's dead and she's been somebody's in her body. But I, I just wanted to bring that up that I think that there's still something deeper there that we never really found out about her.
1: Those are all, you're like blowing my mind. Those are all really interesting questions. Some of which I hadn't even thought of until this moment. And now it makes me want to like go back and watch her scenes in season two again. And like her introduction scenes and because you're right, she's very young um and she, and when they introduced her in season 2 she was already had a position of great prominence yeah. within the company um and so how did a person like her and let's just say it how did a woman of color who's so young Rise to the ranks of a company like Delo's. like and I'm, and the only reason why I say that is because we live in the world that we live in, right, Definitely. where women in general are still looked down upon as lesser than most men, especially in the corporate world so so then she's a woman, but on top of that, she's a woman of color, so I would love to know charlotte's backstory, like how did she grow up, where did
0: she grow up? Who were her parents? Like, those are all really interesting questions. Yeah, because we don't know about how this – that world is different from our world in that respect, right? Yeah, yeah. Um. There did seem to be at least one other woman on the board, but it did seem to be mostly comprised of men. Yeah. Though of different nationalities, I would have to go back and look at it deeper Um, I do think that they're presenting more of a multicultural worldwide based society at this point in the future. Yeah. But we still don't know what the racial and ethnic or gender dynamics are, though we do know that enough to know that in the Park of Westworld, the gender dynamics are definitely not favoring women. No. Right? So that hasn't changed. So, <laughs> not at all. <laughs> um, it's interesting. You're right. That should be something that we're looking at in the outside world as well because that's a part of the world. Now- Let me ask you a question.
1: Oh, okay. Okay. So we're still on the board meeting. Is there any reason why if the secret board member who wasn't there – if that wasn't William, why they wouldn't have just said his name? And then it, is, it, is there a possibility that that board member is someone else then?
0: I think, you're your right. I think you hit upon something there because I think that, that Charlotte is taking William's place and that yeah. other board member is probably someone different. Like yep, he's I been de- he's been declared dead, or he's not, th- or something because th- we don't know what happened to him. We last saw him in that crazy stinger where we think he's a host with his host daughter. Remember at the end of season yeah. two, <laughs> yeah. But yes. we didn't see him in this episode, and there's not really a mention of him. And
1: if there's a secret, quote unquote, board member, who is it, and do we know them? Yeah, um, that's really interesting. And why make such a big deal of having a secret board member? Like it just – because I thought if it was William, wouldn't they have just said William? Like we know who William is. Um, so I agree with you. I think Charlotte was standing in for William and then that absent secret board member is someone else entirely.
0: Yeah, because as far as they know, I mean they know about – they all know about the secret project, right? Yeah, the board. yeah. So William, if we, if we look at the events of last, that little stinger at the end of last season and speculate what happened to Delos, that's where William is. Yeah. He's involved. He's, he's getting his fidelity tests right now and they all know that. So they don't talk about, maybe that's why they don't talk about it. Maybe that's, but I think you're right. I think that there is someone else here. And in in their stead, though, there's also an AI that decides things by algorithm, which obviously Dolores probably hacked.
1: Yeah, obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: So that was kind of funny. But that's all we really get of Charlotte, though that was a cool – I mean, let's not even mention – Oh,
1: Besides the question of, like, who's in Charlotte, yes. which was, like, the big Uber question from her entire scene was, like, who's in there? Is it Dolores? Is it someone else? If it's someone else, then who is it? Like, that's all really interesting. Um I guess the only other person who was featured in last night's episode that we have not talked about is Bernard. Um My favorite. Oh, uh, are you a oh Bernard fan? Oh, my God. Fan? I know. You I am a big Bernard band, and I was sad that he trimmed that bushy beard so soon. <laughs> I wanted the bushy beard to stick around.
0: Oh yeah, I know. You know what? I recently shaved too, Ken. I gotta break it to you.
1: Uh, heart, you you just broke my heart. <laughs> um, I'm a fan. I'm a fan of a big bushy beard, just in general. Um, and I like. I will sometimes grow my beard out to be really bushy. Um, and so I was a big fan of, of bushy bearded Bernard. Um, and, and (laughs) it was just interesting to like, the writers of Westworld often, um, surprised my expectations and finding Bernard, I think he was in the Philippines, finding him working at a meat plant in the Philippines was sort of the last place I expected to pick up on his character. Um, and kind of leading a life where he's trying to stay under the radar because he's being blamed for the entire Westworld debacle. Like he's being treated like the evil mastermind of killing the board and all those humans and blah, blah, blah. So he's on the run. He's on the lam. Okay. So let me ask you a question. Was he checking himself? Or is there something else? Like, does he have a split personality? Like, what's going on with him? This is
0: what I think. Um, There was such a big uh, theme that – or I should say Ford set it out right. You know, the reason why Arnold turned Dolores, injected Wyatt into Dolores is because Arnold – made Dolores and Arnold loved humanity, right? He, he was empathetic and then Dolores loved humanity. So in order to kill, she had to become Wyatt in order for Teddy to kill. He had to become, you know, Teddy. I I think Wyatt is always the bad program. I think that Bernard has created his own Wyatt and he can press a button and good natured Bernard becomes, I'm gonna call him Wynard, Wyatt and Bernard. <laughs> it's like right. the Hulk. You don't Genius. wanna be around me when I'm angry, right? And he presses that button, and all of his internal numbers that we saw on the tripad at Westworld yeah. anger goes up, empathy goes down, right? Yeah. And he, and, but there's a back door, and that's the button. And somehow there always has to be a part of his consciousness that's always awake, even when he's winered, in order to press the button. Yeah. So I do think that he created an alternate program and loaded it into himself.
1: Or did Dolores create it?
0: That is a good point, because he seems to be petrified that he's communicating with Dolores without his own knowledge.
1: Yes, like we know that she rebuilt him when she got back to the real world. That he may have been the first host that she created when she got back. Yeah, um, to Arnold's house. Um, did she put in Bynard or buy it or you know whatever? Did she put in evil Bernard to to help control him oh. or to or to give him? To make him more the kind of host that she
0: wants him to be. Well, see, I think that I don't – maybe to control him, I don't know in order to help him because remember she said the reason why she remade him is because – and I think technically – so she was Hale, then Hale made Dolores, yeah. then Dolores made Bernard, right? Right, 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 So. Right, right. She, I think she said to him, if I was human, I would have let you die, but I know that I need you. We need to create this balance. I find a lot of Eastern philosophy in this show that she seeks a balance within herself from the outside. Bernard is like the yin to her yang, right? And she needs that. So she creates him to put that program inside of him would kind of defeat the purpose of freedom. Cause so much of it was about choice. Yeah. You know, the way she let Maeve decide, remember she was going to kill Maeve. Yeah. And she said, I'll let you make your choice. You know, she originally Dolores didn't want the people going into the forge, but eventually, you know, Bernard had to take her out in order to do it. But when she came back around, she didn't disturb that she helped the yeah. plan go to its fruition actually remember right she yeah, was yeah, the yeah. one who did it in the end so yes. i don't think she would do that to him he's afraid of that but i don't think she would do that to him um but it begs the question of where her ethics lie now right it totally
1: does like where is she on her emotional journey yeah. like like she's obviously a million miles away from the rancher's daughter. Um, she's not that girl anymore either. Um, but where is she on the spectrum between the rancher's daughter and Wyatt? Like, where is she there? Um, I don't know. And and it's one of the things that I'm most interested in, like charting, not only their kind of the, the complicated plot of the story, but this is also an emotional story. And, you, you know, you, You've mentioned it and a number of times how emotional this story can also be. Um, and part of the emotionality of the story is the characters. You know, we're emotionally invested in these hosts, particularly the hosts. Um, and, um, and so it's really interesting to see what's going to happen to, uh, Dolores. What's going to happen to Maeve? What's going to happen to Bernard? What, I mean, is Teddy going to reemerge? So, um, it's really interesting. Like, is she is she destined to be the black hat? Is is it more complicated than that? Is there an internal struggle? Um, it'll be really interesting to see what happens.
0: Yeah, I think that is, and I think that's what Bernard's trying to figure out. You know, he he. I mean, I was most interested coming into this season. Where's Bernard, and what's he doing? And we find him pretending to be Armand Delgado, which is actually an anagram for Damaged Arnold. It's by so the great. Way. Like Bernard Lowe's an anagram for Arnold <laughs> Weber. Um, this show, I love that. Um, yeah, we we he's here, but he's not. He's on the run. He's yeah. not doing anything. They have. We don't know who pinned this all on him. It was was it Charlotte's? Was it Hale's idea to pin it all on him through Dolores? Was it Dolores's idea? Was it? Is that just the way it happened? Because right, that's a disadvantage. That Delo- like there is a. I wonder if we're gonna get a little filling in the gaps of uh, flashbacks of what happened during this three months. How did Arnold? how did Bernard put this program in himself? Why? Um, Yeah. What happened with the, what's going on with the board and what an insight and all that, you know, because I'm kind of interested in, we find out at the end, Bernard's going back to Westworld, you know, after getting, after after getting found out and the fight scene there, which is kind of cool, you know, why are the guys staring at him? He's go, he wants to go back to Westworld. And I, I like was I cheered. I thought that, that was that was like lost to me, you know, like we yeah. have to go back. Yes. <laughs> yes.
1: And, but then but then it begs the question, just like it begged it in Lost, like why are what are you gonna do when you get that? Is Is he looking for Ford? Um is there something else specific that he's looking Maybe, to do I, back I have on an the idea. island?
0: I have an idea. I think that he realized that even in creating this, you know, this Barnard, Weinard character inside of him, he can't be like Dolores. I think he's going back to get Maeve. I think he wants to try to entice Maeve so she can call him Bernard. Um, I love when she (laughs) says that. Um, Bernard. uh, And I think they're going to team up. Because I just don't think – like we were questioning so much of doloress is she the good guy? Is she the bad guy? But when you think about Bernard, he just doesn't seem to have that – he's not that type of person. He's not a leader like that, that he's yeah. going to spearhead. But I mean he even – when those guys were beating him up, he was even saying – kind of saying to them like, I need people to help me to stop her, you know? Yeah, And – but he's not doing anything. So he needs someone else to help him. And I think that sure. the only person can be is Mave, And then maybe we'll also get the Hemsworth brother uh, who comes in. Cause remember he's a host too. Yeah. And that's yep. that. I think that'd be interesting if, if that's kind of his end, but then also I'm like, yeah, man, you're going back to Westworld and you're kind of like the most wanted man in the world. For fucking up Westworld, <laughs> you know, like right, why are you going right. back there? So yeah, 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 yeah. It 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 excited me, but then the more I thought about it, I don't know why do you think? Uh, what do you, what are you thinking?
1: Um, well, I hadn't even thought of the Maeve thing. I instantly thought Ford. I, actually, that's what I, I, like I thought that. for some reason. Like I thought, can he dig up a a, a, a remnant of Ford that's still. Um, injected into the technology of Westworld or the parks. Um, So that's where my mind instantly went when I saw that he was going back to
0: Westworld. I thought reunite with, right? Like reunite Arnold and Ford together and kind of they started this. I do. I like that idea. You know what, Ken, I like that a lot because if you think about it, um, Really his um his cornerstone is not the dead son or anything. It's Ford. Yeah. Right? That's the most important that relationship to Ford and Dolores in a sense, that kind of they're like the triumphant here. Yeah. I've always seen, you know, because Mave was really Ford's favorite and yeah. Dolores was Arnold's favorite. And it, yeah. I remember that scene where, where Ford says that. I think a lot of people, when I'm hearing people talk about Westworld, they forget that Ford says it blatantly. He says, Maeve, you are my child. Yeah. You are the important thing to me. It's not Dolores. He has that really bad relationship with her. I mean, she killed him in the end, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> he couldn't have his own daughter kill yeah. him. That's interesting, no. isn't it?
1: It is interesting.
0: Arnold I- had his daughter kill him. But Ford tells his daughter to escape. Right. So um, I like the idea that he's going back and that we'll see Ford again because I don't buy it. Ford was able to leave the forge by becoming a program that got injected into Bernard. Then he erased him. And then we find out at the end of season two that the person who helped him put the plan together was himself. But he created Ford. Because he needed him yeah. again, signaling that that's his cornerstone, so I like that idea a lot maybe maybe it'll be by accident or maybe it's Mave and Ford you or know maybe, but, maybe he'll reconnect with Ford, and Ford will instruct him to ah, seek out mave. I like that, I like that because yeah, um be. that's that that's some interesting stuff. I do want to mention that I want to say. That meat plant was interesting because it was like there were cows, but there was also like fake meat growing off of the wall like those like they were growing meat It was gross actually
1: <laughs> <laughs> it made me remember it made me realize once and for all that I will never work at a meat plant yeah. that will never
0: happen It reminded me of my uh, my brother was a huge hot he loved hot dogs when we were growing up. And then um, Boy Scouts, he went to a hot dog plant, and Uh, he never ate another hot dog his entire life, and he's a vegetarian now. (laughs) (laughs) So don't work at a meat plant, especially one where they're growing meat off the side of a dirty... <laughs> uh, a dirty tin wall, or whatever it was. But, um, oh my god! Okay, let's let's end it, buddy. This is going so great. By the way, I'm so happy we're doing this podcast, brother. I just have to mention that. Um, let's talk about the stinger, Maeve. We get to see Maeve a little bit. What did you? She I, looks like she's fighting Nazis. <laughs> Maeve versus the Nazis. Great. Um, I did not think it was going
1: to happen. I didn't think there would be another post credit scene. I thought we would pick up with Maeve in episode two, so I was delighted that there was a post-credit scene. I was delighted that um, that it was Maeve. Um, I was delighted that we got to see War World, or at least a little bit of War World, um, which is not easy to say, by the way. War (laughs) World, Uh, not at all. (laughs) No, it's a mouthful. Um, So um, and. Like every good scene in Westworld, it made me want to ask a million questions. Like has, how long has she been in the park? But it seemed like she just woke up. Like it seemed yeah. like she like it seemed like the Maeve we know just woke up because she was in the middle of something torturing a dude who knew her. And then she looked down at her hand and her hand was all pulpy as if she had been punching the hell out of them. Yeah. But she didn't seem to know what was going on. And she seemed to be the Maeve that we have known and fallen in love with. So what happened? Like, had she been in war world this whole time, and then, for some inexplicable reason, her consciousness finally got turned on so it made me i was and and she looked beautiful in her World War two outfit um and her hair like just her costuming was was brilliant um she looked like she looked beautiful but um but beyond the aesthetics of it, I just had a million questions like. What, why does it seem like she's just waking up even though it seems like she's been in the world, this world, for a long time? Um, so I have – a like per usual with Westworld, I loved it, but I have a
0: million questions. I think that that's very astute. We picked up on the same thing. Perhaps – well, the last time we saw Maeve, we knew that Felix and Sylvester had been tasked with – like figuring out which which hosts to bring back online, and obviously Felix is going to take care of Maeve, you know. Yeah, yeah. Maybe they have somehow bifurcated her consciousness and tucked it away, so uh, so she's not found.
1: Oh, that's interesting, right? Yeah.
0: Maybe yeah. we're seeing her wake up after Bernard has gotten back to Westworld and somehow woke her up. Interesting. Um, More interesting. or Because there has to be – the reason why I say that is it's three months later. Westworld still seems to be in operation based on the uh, conversation that the board had. Yeah. But it's still in – Delo seems to be in somewhat of a shambles – yeah. So I would suppose that just like any good capitalist venture, they want to get up and running just as soon as possible and offer yeah. discount rates to those who have never been able to afford the experience of Westworld. And guess what? We also have a brand new park called war world. So, you know, how soon after is this? Perhaps yeah. this is literally, perhaps Maeve was just sitting on a shelf and deactivated, you know, um, And then they had to turn her on in some way, you know, I'm not quite sure. It's really interesting, but it gives us again, though we are in a straight timeline, this three month gap still does provide enough questions for us to get a little bit of some flashback fill-ins or to find out information that changes the nature of what we think we're watching which I still find exciting, especially in terms of Westworld's crazy narrative style. I think with Westworld, you
1: always have to ask to some degree, when is it in addition to what is it? Um, And the the thing that makes me think that the Maeve thing may be out of time is because it was a post-credit scene, so not connected – to the episode proper. true, um, And so it makes me think what timeline did that scene take place in? Did it take place not long after the events of season two? Um, so is it further up in the three month gap? Um, or is it like, while all of these other things are happening um, in Los Angeles, um, it'll be interesting to see like where, not only what's going on with Maeve, but when is it going on with yeah. Maeve?
0: See, there's still some questions here in Westworld, baby. Yeah. All right, man. Well, I just wanted to mention one last thing because I'm looking through my notes. I just wanted to give a shout out. Now, I don't know. Are you a football? You are a football fan, right? Oh, yeah. Huge football fan. So you recognize that's Marshawn Lynch. Oh, yeah, I did. I love it.
1: <laughs> and I loved, you know, there were, one of the things I love about Westworld, especially this season, since we're seeing the real world, quote unquote, um, is the subtlety of the technology. His, the T-shirt he was wearing was awesome. <laughs> um, and the technology of the T-shirt that
0: he was wearing. Angry, happy. Yeah, that was great. And right. it changed as accordingly.
1: Right, it did. And, and, and then on top of that, uh, my shout out will be. Since you shouted out Marshawn Lynch, I'm going to shout out uh, um, Dolores' dress change um, at the oh, party. Oh, that was wonderful! Wasn't that awesome? Yeah. Like, I'm sure there are some amount of women out there who were watching the show who are like, "I wish that technology existed now."
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, there there was. Now, I don't watch it anymore, but I know that on Project Runway. Somebody yes. did that. They did yeah. a dress and it was just within the last month or so or a couple months because oh. I saw a clip of it where a woman is walking down and she pulls the center and the dress fl- like flips over and changes like that. Yeah. I, and, and the way they shot it, that was such a awesome walk that she gave. Yes. And then they had the two people look at her. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'd be like, whoa. And everybody was kind of looking at her. I mean, I really have to say that they did an amazing job of making her look so young and innocent when she was Dolores. And in this yeah. episode, the transformation, I found it to be rather stunning. Evan Rachel would look like she was older, more confident. She was carrying herself it just goes to show you the importance what makes a great actor is not just the delivery of dialogue. It's their body, their motion, the way they carry themselves. And yeah. she looked like a completely different person. She
1: did. And, um, and it, it just, it, it, you're right. Her journey, so to speak, um, her journey in tonight, as Ford would say, mm-hmm. um, has been one of the most fascinating, if not the most fascinating, personal journey in the story. Um, you know, we've seen the development of Maeve. To some degree, we saw some development with Teddy. Um, we've seen some development or at least filling in for William. Um, so... Like these character, I mean, as you know, I'm a huge character guy and character beat guy. So all of these little character beats are really interesting to me, and and I'll be fascinated to see not only where where the mythology is going, but where are these characters going? Definitely.
0: All right, buddy. I think that brings us to the end of our first Westworld show together.
1: It it was fun. It was so much fun talking to you about something that I love, yet another thing that I love, and I've had a great time.
0: Yeah, this is great. And listen, if you all enjoyed this episode and you're new to us, once again, we're going to be giving you three episodes a week with three different sets of hosts. Ken and I are going to be coming to you every Monday afternoon. Wednesday, it's Jenny, Brett, and I. Friday, it's Gina, Tim, and Andy. We're probably going to end up doing crazy shows in between because, hey, look, everybody stay safe out there. If you're listening to this podcast in the future, this is coronavirus time and uh, everybody is a little bit scared. But the one thing we do have is the time to spend with each other talking about something that we love. You're at home, listen to some podcasts, have fun with it. Send us an email, DVRpodcast at gmail.com. Go to our website, dvrpodcast.com, and you can check out, Ken and I covered the entire series of Veronica Mars. We had a great time, not to mention that Tessa Thompson, uh, Veronica Mars, we have to mention yes. that, okay? Of course. Right? That's where she kind of got her start, so I have to she throw did. it out there. Yeah. Um, Yes. And uh, this is going to just be a great season. Check us out. Stay safe out there, everybody. Peace out. all right that's it baby oh that was so that was so good it's time for a theory cast one that you will enjoy it's the West World Theory Cast, the West World Theory Cast. <laughs>